This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. What is up, 49ers fans? We are back with another episode of 49ers Web Zone Know How to Podcast. We got Zane Nackby, we got Brian Randick, we got Al Sacco, and we got a special guest with us today as well. Jason Aponte is here. What's up, man? How you doing? What's up, Zane? Thank you guys for having me. Um, I'm a Web Zone alum, too, so this is kind of fun for me. I think I've only done one of these uh, with Al, but it's uh, it's good to be uh, talking with you guys about this, especially after a 49ers win. And to that point, if you hear this voice and you see this face, that means only one thing, Victory Podcast, and it is a tradition we've kept on for the season. We're going to keep it going. Man, it was a struggle. It was not pretty. It was a slog, and there's one thing that I take away from this, and it is this defense may be one of the all-time great 49er defenses, just phenomenal, like out at every single level, creating turnovers. At one point, I had tweeted out three separate times that this is the time when the, the, the second half shutout streak ends. Three separate times I tweeted that out. Three separate times they got to stop. So that also means that I'm the, I'm the reverse jinx too, right? So I'll just start tweeting <laughs> stuff out and the opposite will happen, right? But guys, this go. defense just nails. Unbelievable. You know what? It's like it got to the point where they got some breaks. Sure, the lobby catch, that, that seems like a catch to me. I don't know what world that is in a catch. They had a couple drops in the end zone for New Orleans, <laughs> but 
you're going to need breaks. You're going to need luck. And they gave the Niners an inch and the Niners shut the door. So it, it, by the end of the second half, I was like, this is just unbelievable. And you look at some of the numbers and, and we know them, Jay, I mean, this defense, six quarters now without a TV, TD. They haven't given up without any points, I should say. They haven't given up any points in the last four games in the second half. They've only given up a hundred. Well, actually the team's given up 173 points. They've only given up 157. If my math is right in the 11 games, 15.7 points per game. They've only given up over 20 points. I think twice all season or over 19 points, twice all season. It's just been insane. Did you see this coming Jay? And like, what do you think the difference is this year between last year with the defense? Well, I mean, I th- I think I did, and and in terms of the weapons that the, the the Saints had, right, and and you start to think about who can really hurt you. The one the one matchup that I was a little bit concerned about was would they move Chris Olave around on Jimmy Ward, and that started to come to fruition like towards the end of that game, towards the red zone. But when you look at it, it's still Andy Dalton, and I think the difference that you have when you're looking at this defense from the other things is just one man, and if everybody's talking about somebody who's him. D'Amico Ryans is him, man. I mean, I, I mean, he is finding a way to get it done. And also, one thing that this defense is doing better than other defenses of the past is turnovers and 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 turnovers in the red zone. Turnovers when it, when you need it the most. When you it it almost feels like people speaking into existence on Twitter. Man, we really would like a turnover here. Well, that's when Tyrone Ufanga puts his helmet on the football and the ball comes out, or there's a ball that bounces one way and somebody's able to jump on it. That seems to be the difference now. And and there's defenses that are stout can stop, right? But if you're not turning the ball over, it's almost like you're just hoping to just stop for field goals. Now you're not waiting for that anymore. Now you're stopping them and turning the ball over and giving it back to your offense. I think that's probably the biggest difference besides D'Amico Ryan's. Yeah, I, I I don't want to understate, I think, how important Charvarius Ward has been to this defense. Um, you know, last year we were talking about a defense who was uh, consistently running out there with – uh, the corpse of uh, Josh Norman and uh, what was it? Dre Kirkpatrick and just, you know, Dante Johnson, right? Like just nobody's not. And I don't want to, I don't want to disparage Dante Johnson. I really like Dante Johnson. The barnacle is who he is. He's integral to this team. Um, this team can't exist without a Dante Johnson on the roster, but Charvarius Ward, uh, just to have somebody on one side of the field that, you know, can lock it down and they don't even play that much man to man. And that's why, you know, some people have said like, Hey, Ward hasn't played very well the past few games. And it's like, no, they just played a lot of zone. And so if you're playing zone, you're going to give up catches. But the nice thing about Ward and, and everybody in that secondary is that they tackle and they tackle well. And so we haven't had a lot of missed tackles, which is, been key, I think, for this defense as well. And like you said, Jay, the just the 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 opportune turnovers, right? Um, the turnovers that you aren't expecting. What what was the stat? Uh Kamara had two fumbles lost in the first four seasons of his career or whatever. And and they 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 took it away from him twice uh last game, which is just you know, just nails. So I, I think, like you said, it, it is D'Amico Ryans, and and I will miss him next year when he's coaching somewhere else, because uh, that is, I think, inevitable at this point. But uh, but this is it's it's a lot of fun, and you know this is a this is a league designed to to get into shootouts, a, a league designed to have a lot of high powered offenses, and to have a, a just an absolute ass kicking defense is is really fun to watch. I think the difference for me is Hufunga. And I say that because the Niners have not had a ball hawk 
type guy on. They've had a lot of good defenses, but they haven't had a guy like this. And you look at some of the plays he's made. Think of the Rams game, the first Rams games. And yeah, the Niners dominated that game, but it was a one score game late. And then Hufunga makes the pick. And in this game too, if the Saints get in the end zone, who knows what's going to happen? Because the Niners offense, and we'll talk about it, you know, wasn't really having a good day. And he puts, he lays a lick, the ball pops out. Again, it's it's him making the play. So Jay, with Hufunga, did you, did you see this coming with him? I mean, he was a guy a lot of people liked last year. But when you found out he was going to start and he was going to be strong safety, what were your expectations for him? And is, how much has he exceeded those for you? I don't think I really uh, shied away from my concerns in terms of, being in the right spot, right? Understanding your your position, sometimes being beat, right? I, and and I laid out how he can improve on those things. I think mm-hmm. the the flashing light bulb went off for me at training camp when I was there every day. And when he had to cover one-on-one and he was winning those battles consistently, he just looks completely different. There is something to the idea of certain players just being around the ball. They just are, no matter what. It always seems like whenever there's a, a fumble, a recovery, or a f- forced fumble, or an interception, he seems to be around that. There is something that needs to be said about that. There is a talent for that. He's playing with anticipation. He's being put in in places where he can be successful. He's being allowed to just fire off on the ball. He looks like he shot out of a cannon. I never said that he couldn't. I definitely have my concerns. So I will say this on your podcast. I was wrong about Tarnohu Funk. I was a big Jaquaski Tart guy. I loved what he brought in terms of the safety and what he could do. And he never gave up big plays. But when sometimes if Hufanga fires and misses a tackle because he's firing off too fast, he makes it up by turning the ball over. So you, it's give and take. I 100% am eating crow on Tarano Hufanga. He's been absolutely incredible. And it, it all started in training camp. You could see it coming to fruition. He's just playing with confidence, and D'Amico knows how to use him. Hey, if you're listening to this podcast right now, go to the NFL.com, vote for Talano Hufanga for Pro Bowl. Uh, he's 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 too low right now. He's too low in the strong safety eighth, category I think, right now. I saw right. He's way down. That's what now. we saw today. Yeah. So let's let's uh, let's get him up there more. They're his not eight four, starting saves. His four interceptions, guys. Still six games to play. They're the most the 49ers have had since 2014. Parrish Cox, remember him, had five that year. And uh, Bethay and Culliver both had four that year. So the Niners have not turned the ball over a lot. They've had some good, really good defenses under Shanahan, but they haven't turned the ball over a lot. And you're seeing that more now with him. The only player they had with more than two picks was Sherman in, in 2019 at three. So to have Hugh Funga come in here and, yeah, just make those plays, those game-changing plays – He's got, I think, seven tackles for loss, too. So he's just really out there. He's just he's a ball hawk. And I think to me, he he's been having plays like that is a huge difference for them. Yeah. And and Jay, I want to kind of ask you about the defensive line real quick. And it's just an embarrassment of riches right now. Obviously, Eric Arm said Juwan Kinlaw out, hoping to get both of them back at some point this season. And you drop them into that defensive line that is, if not the league's best, one of the league's best defensive lines right now. With obviously Nick Bosa, just the just the superstar, but opposite him, Charles Menehu has had a really quite a very quietly good season. And can you kind of talk about that spot opposite, like Nick Bosa specifically? With you know they, they rotate guys there, they have Drake Jackson there as well, and along the line, Jordan Willis has played well. Can you kind of talk about that a little bit and and kind of that, how that's buoyed the defense a little bit? Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. 
Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, for sure. And I mean, Charles Menahue, you're playing yourself into a bag. Just don't play yourself out of the bag for the 49ers. I would love to see you back. And and yes. I think it, it's a combination of the embarrassment of riches and what D'Amico has been able to do. I don't know if you guys noticed in Mexico City, they're lining up Drake Jackson inside. They had yeah. Ebukam out for this game. They've got a Menahue outside. He's finding ways like Jordan Willis was setting the edge incredibly in the Arizona game as well. They have so many guys who are so versatile. Kerry Hyder can kick inside. So much of this has to do with not only the depth, but the way that D'Amico has been able to, to figure out ways to dial it up. It's not just four and go get them now. Like you're finding guys in different spots right now. Omenihu's playing himself into a bag. Eric Armstead shows up. And, and I think the funniest stat out of this game, and I had to double check it when I heard it on the broadcast. The 49ers are the first in almost every single metric when it comes to defense. Almost dead last on third and short. Well, I yeah, wonder why that is. Last. They're missing. Yeah, they're missing that guy in the middle who can plug up when people want to do things like that. So Eric Armstead coming back only bolsters this, but it has to do with so much of what they have built with their depth. They bet on guys on traits. They bet on on Chris Kosirk being able to coach them up. And then D'Amico knows how to use them and create the, the, that pressure with stunts and these and these actions and everything. It's It's something beautiful to see. So, yeah. I would put them at the top of the league because they still haven't even gotten all of their guys back right now at this point. And Drake Jackson is so green right now. He's not even really playing, but he's up there with pressure rates for rookies and sacks for rookies. A lot of that has to do with how talented he is. A lot of that has to do with the fact that D'Amico is picking his spots with him. It's a beautiful time for the defensive line right now. That's the one thing that, you know, this, this, this defense is built around the defensive line. We know that that's where all of the, you know, that's where I would not all, but the majority of the investment is right. You've got, you've got an expensive investment in Charbarius Ward. You've also got one in Fred Warner, but the majority of, of the investment is on the defensive line. And D'Amico, like we said, he's going to leave. He's, he's going somewhere. We don't know where, but he's going somewhere. But what I hope and, and, and I assume is that Chris Kusurik is probably not going with him. And that I think is the key because I think a lot of what we're talking about, a lot of the versatility, a lot of even the even some of the the stunts and things that are that are designed, a lot of that is Chris Kosorek. And so, you know, D'Amico, I'm not trying to take anything away from him. He's incredible. But as long as to me, as long as Chris Kosorek stays here, I think this defense is going to be one of the best in the, in, in the league simply because he's the best defensive line coach in the NFL. I don't feel like there's a whole lot of argument against that and so yeah you've got guys that it's it's like they find this this uh physical profile and they go look we can have that on the outside and we can kick that inside and so when you get to that turbo package when you get to third down and you know it's a rush and all of a sudden you've got nick bosa uh charles amenahu drake jackson and jordan willis all on the line at the same time it's like who who are you blocking? <laughs> like you're going to double someone, probably Nick. And all of a sudden you've got all of these guys that are, that are ready to wreck shop. So it's, I mean, it, like I said, it, as long as, as long as that, that defensive line continues to play the way that they've played, I, this defense is going to continue to, I, I'm not going to say pitch shutouts in the second half. Um, you know, I, I was texting with a buddy of mine, Tim, uh, and and we're gonna be at the game on Sunday. I'm excited about it. But I think that scoreless streak is 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 probably ending in the first quarter. I would assume, uh, <laughs> yeah. maybe even on the first drive. You never know. But but yeah. but uh, I, but the I, smart I still think on Miami scoring points in this for game, sure. I'd say. Yeah, but I but I also think that Miami Miami hasn't played a defense a good defense since they played the Jets in Week Five, and the Jets defense wasn't even as good as it is now. So 
they haven't really been tested. And I think that's what I'm most excited about is let's see what this Miami offense looks like against an actual good defense and not like a bears defense or a Texans defense or a Detroit lions defense, you know, these historically bad defenses. This is a historically good defense, uh, 18 straight quarters without allowing, uh, nine, without allowing nine points or, oh, sorry, 19 straight quarters now allowing nine points or less, which is just incredible. Jay, you said something that stuck out to me. You said the word traits and, and I don't think, it's talked about enough about how the Niners built this defense, because when you look at a lot of the guys who are on here and they're contributing, yeah, you got your Boses, right? You got your Armstead, your first round picks that we know about your Traverius Ward, who they went out and signed. But remember when they got a Menehu last year and they were three and four, three and five, whatever they will. And I'm like, who gives a shit about this trade? I'm like, this is a joke. I was all pissed. Right. <laughs> and you look at some of these other guys, they brought in Greenlaw as a fifth rounder who, who Fungo was a late round pick. Manuel Mosley, who, who the, who the hell was he when he came in? Fred Having Warner, third round. Willis, yeah. Warner was a third rounder. So you look at all these guys that they come in and there's not, you know, stars everywhere. It's kind of guys that are becoming stars, but it was guys like you said, and that's a word that there was traits. They just see these traits in these guys and they plug them in and they built them into this fantastic defense. And I don't think they've gotten enough credit for that. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is we, we kind of give the, the front office some shit sometimes. And we're like, well, you missed on this draft pick, but mm-hmm. in the same way, when you talk about that, you have to give them their props for finding Jordan Willis for a Menahue. I mean, they got Arden key paid. Arden key was somebody who was drafted very highly by the Raiders mm-hmm. and, and the Jaguars gave him a bag. It's them being able to identify traits that they're able to get the most out of with Chris Kosarek. And look at what's happening. I mean, Charles Amenehu, like you said, was a bit of a cast off the Texans. And you feel like that trade is not a needle mover and all. And now look, Amenehu's playing himself into a contract. I mean, Kerry Hyder has this relationship with with Chris Kosarek. In 2020, he becomes a sack leader when Nick Bosa goes down. He goes to Seattle, comes right back, and now he's a rotational piece. I think there there needs to be more of a discussion and more flowers given to the front office for being able to identify these undrafted free agents, guys that they're able to, like Aziz Al-Shair, like all Mm. of these guys, that you're able to not only just have them step in and play snaps, but be impactful players and know that you have the coaching staff that's able to bring all that out. I think that is something that is lost because we just get lost in the sauce about draft picks. Yeah, and I'll never yeah. knock. I'll never knock the front office again. Yeah. Even the offensive line, we were bitching about that, right? Like Brendel, oh god, he's a journeyman. He's almost thirty, and you know they're they're starting Burford already, and Aaron Banks is a bust. And I mean, Banks had a rough game this past game, but he's been great. These guys have been really good, really, really good. So you get pissed because McGlinchey maybe isn't well. He definitely isn't what you want in a top ten tackle. But he's not a bad player. He has some bad plays. Not, I don't think he's a bad player, but they've done a really good job overall. Just look, this is one of the best rosters in the NFL. Like, I don't know how anybody, if you want to talk about the QB stuff, we'll see, but I don't know. Anybody can not front office after what they put together. Yeah. Jordan Willis came over from the jets for a seventh round pick. That was another trade that they made. And now he's been here for, you know, however long. Jordan Willis, Jordan Willis doesn't have to pay for a drink in the Bay Area right. ever yep. again in his life, yep. <laughs> right? Like, again, look what you gave up for that. And he literally has one of the most special plays in 49ers playoff history. And, again, yep. just speaks to, to them being able, able to identify guys that they know they can get the most out of. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and as this team moves forward, it's – you know me. I can be as – I'm very pessimistic and I can always find things wrong. And Al's our wet blanket. It's the new, That's the Yankee fan in here. It is right. You kind of feel like that a little bit, right? We're both East Coast guys. Yep. Like that's how we roll. Like you just, we're always pissed. We're always waiting for the next yeah. thing. You know, we always hold our teams to a high standard. But now I'm coming around. 
look, they're really inconsistent. And I, if they lost three of the next four, I'd probably be like, yeah, I'm not surprised. If they went out the rest of the year, I'd be like, I'm not surprised. But what they've built on the field, it's, it's really exciting. And it, and it starts with that defense. And I'm feeling really this game, even though it was you know only three, nothing. And then only 10, nothing. I never thought they were going to lose. Not once. Cause I don't think the saints were going to score, but that's the kind of feeling you get right now is just, I feel like they're going to find a way right now. And I think that's, that's the biggest compliment I can give them. I also think we gloss over the fact that the saints came into this game, averaging the same amount of points per game as the 49ers did on offense. It's 22 point something for the saints. And I think maybe 23 for the 49ers after that uh, Monday night game, but to, to, to shut a team like that out is impressive as hell. And not only that, but a team that hasn't been shut out since 2001 but I think the most yeah, unique Drew, Drew Brees is a lot different than any Dalton. That's <laughs> sure, and scene. that's fine. But but Drew Brees wasn't there in 2001. That's the thing is it's that's a 20. I mean, we're talking 20 years. That's wasn't an it Aaron Banks? Streak. Aaron Brooks? No, I mean, Aaron I mean, in like, like it was impressive shutting out the Saints. Maybe like 18 the last oh, 20 years. Yeah, not so much mm-hmm. in the last. You know, it's not the same. Well, like I said, they've been scoring 22 points a game. It's not like they're the one of the worst offenses in in the, in the NFL. Um, but I think the most imp- the most impressive stat that I saw was the last four times the Saints have been shut out. It's been by the 49ers. It's like, how does that? Mm-hmm. How does that, something yeah. like that happen? That's crazy. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. You know what? So I think one thing most impressive. Oh, I'm sorry, Al. No, go ahead, Jay. It's well, one thing one thing I found that was impressive is is that last stretch of the game, right? It's the end of the game. You guys are tired, and they had, like, three red zone opportunities, right? And I understand it's four-down territory. You're not going to take your field goals there or anything like that. That could have easily ended the streak if they wanted to be jerks about it. But they're trying to win the game, right? But being able to keep them out of the end zone that close, like, again, there there still needs to be something that's said about that. I don't care if that's a high school team or a college team. You get three red zone trips in a row like that, like, at the end of the game. One of those has to be converted somehow if you're yeah. going to be doing four four down territory. So I thought that was the most impressive part of that. And then Nick yeah. Bosa ending it with that fourth down sack was yeah, he's just been incredible, all, incredible all season. Perfect. 